You know, the four horsemen are interesting. And as we look at that, you might say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Revelation chapter six. It's very interesting. Today, we're going to study that. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Rod Hembert. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. You've tuned into a program that studies the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We're in Revelation. Corey is here to help us with Ryan. Corey. I'm going to be taking a look at incense in the Bible and its ritual and symbolic use. Ryan. Well, today in continuation of my theme of the sevens of Revelation, I'm looking at this scroll with seven seals. All right, very good. Look forward to that. Janice, what did you do? Well, since this is our fun Friday wrap up, but it's also Christmas Eve, we are going to have some very special guests appear at the end of the program. I'm looking forward to that special guest. And by the way, Merry Christmas tomorrow. Uh, it is beautiful to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's open up our Bible and look at what God says. Revelation 6, verses 1 through 11. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. 
Merry Christmas to everybody. This is a great time. It's Christmas Eve now, but uh, Christmas is tomorrow and the next day if you're watching this according to the calendar. And uh, today is, of course, Revelation 6 and 7. We're talking about the five seals. We have some special guests coming on a little bit later, so make sure that you stick around for that. You know, one of the most powerful things that happens in the book of Revelation is Jesus Christ taking the scroll and opening the seven seals in it. Today, we have a focus on the first five seals. Now, the first four seals are represented by four horsemen. And the fifth seal represents those who have been martyred for Christ. This is amazing. There are many interpretations that are put forward about the four horsemen. However, only the Holy Spirit knows what real and true definition is. But it is believed, and I believe it too, that if we put our minds to this, God will help us to see and show us the best way to hear what he's telling us about the end of time. Nevertheless, the four horses and horsemen represent unique events. For example, the first is a white horse whose rider is holding a bow, and a crown was given to him, and it seems that he is the one who is a conquering leader. Now, it's also important to remember that he has no arrow or weapon for the bow. So we need to pay attention to this because it's really interesting. As we focus on and look at all kinds of things that are being suggested today, let's look at the Bible and study what the Bible says when we talk about the five seals. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that you would help us to understand exactly what it is that you want us to hear here today. We're going to be talking about this, and we pray, Lord, that we're, we are not trying to license our thoughts, but we're going to read from the Bible so that you can speak to us from the Bible. Help us to hear you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' wonderful name. And we all said together, amen and amen. That means make it so, or may it be so. All right. With that in mind, we come to the first passage, which is, of course, Revelation 6, verse 1. Eight verses here. Let's read them. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature saying, Come and see, another horse. It was fiery and red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another, and that there was given to him a great sword. Hmm. Now, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of barley, a quart of wheat, rather, for a Daenerys, and three quarts of barley for a Daenerys, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Hmm, about the economy. 
When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed him and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth, 25% of the earth to kill with the sword, to kill with hunger and death and by the beast of the earth. Man, that's intense. The four horses and horsemen represent the display of God's work in the end of time. A conqueror, conflict on the earth. Now, this is interesting. Lack of economy and widespread death come fast in the tribulation. Beloved, we need to understand this, that the, the revelation speaks here in this word picture, which is really important. And if you pay attention to recent history, you can see these things happening and how they've taken place. A quarter of the earth, that's a lot of people. I mean, we just came through a pandemic, but I mean, a lot of people. Interesting. And the pandemic killed, if you believe what the webpage says, about 5 million people. But a quarter of the earth is huge. Interesting. Revelation 6, 9 to 10. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Hmm. The Lord takes persecution seriously. We must pay attention and we must always remember to pray for the persecuted church. Beloved, I am known as somebody who prays for the persecuted church. I had a sign in my old church, pray for the persecuted. And I visited back there and spoke there and it's still there. People have to pray for the persecuted church. I call it the worldwide church of God. 340 million are persecuted. Can you believe that this year? That's amazing, according to Open Doors Ministries. Pray for the persecuted church that God would help them. Revelation 6, verse 11, one verse here, very important. Listen carefully. Then a white robe was given to each one of them. And it was said to them that they should rest, just rest a little while longer, just rest until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. There's a number that has to be completed? Absolutely. God has a unique status in eternity for those who died in this life because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Special status. We should do what we can to help the persecuted church. Beloved, we can join ministries like Voice of the Martyrs, we can help ministries like Open Doors. There's many ministries, beloved. Uh, well, not, actually not many, but there's probably maybe six or seven ministries that are really good ministries that have focused on this. And we need to pay attention to them. I've given you two. But we need to pray for the persecuted church. And that's exactly what we're doing now. Father, we pray for the worldwide church. The biggest one is in China under a communist government. Help the people. Help the people, Lord. May those who are doing the persecution become saved and know Jesus Christ. 
And then we go over to Africa and Nigeria where there's great fighting. Help the people, Lord, as they are borne down with the burden of the challenge of fighting. Help them, Lord. And then there's India where they're being persecuted. Touch them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And you know, it's no secret that Revelation is a book full of sevens. This is really obvious, even for the casual reader. And I have been taking some time over the last couple of days to do a more intensive study on some of these sevens. Now, if you remember on Wednesday, we talked about the seven letters to the seven churches. And then yesterday we studied the seven spirits. And today in the third part of our study, we're gonna be taking a close up look at the seven sealed scroll. Now we already read yesterday about Jesus receiving this scroll, but now in chapter six, he begins to break the seven seals. And with each new breaking of a seal comes destructions. The first four of which are represented by the famous four horsemen. But have you ever wondered about the scroll itself? What is this important document sealed with seven seals? Revelation chapters six through 16 chronicle the breaking of the seven seals on the scroll which God the Father gave to Jesus Christ previously in chapter 5. The first four seals are famously referred to as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, namely the riders of the white, red, black, and pale horse. The fifth seal reveals martyred believers in heaven who cry out to God for vindication during the tribulation. Then the breaking of the sixth seal brings six cosmic disturbances, a great earthquake, the sun becoming black as sackcloth of hair, the moon becoming like blood, the falling of the stars, the sky splitting apart like a scroll, and the mountains and islands moving out of place. With the breaking of the seventh and final seal come the seven trumpet judgments. But what exactly is this mysterious document which only Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is worthy to open? Interestingly, the only document in that day that was sealed with seven seals was a will. Thus it would appear that the seven-sealed scroll is the Father's will to His Son. What is the Son's inheritance? It is the kingdom, of course. When all the seals are broken and the scroll is completely unrolled, Jesus Christ receives His inheritance in full. Revelation 20 explains that Satan will be imprisoned during Jesus Christ's thousand-year reign on earth, but will be released afterwards for one last rebellion before finally being crushed by God once and for all and then cast into the lake of fire and brimstone to be tormented day and night forever and ever. Jesus Christ, the creator of all, will then make all things anew. Those of us who are in Christ should look forward to his inheritance of the kingdom and his subsequent rule of which there will be no end. So the seven sealed scroll is God the Father's will to his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Jesus alone has the right to rule Israel and the entire world and universe and he will. Okay, so this is important to remember. We're looking at events taking place from heaven mm -hmm. because John was called to heaven 
You said you must come up here, John. And Jesus is making this announcement to him. Very good. Corey? All right. Well, today I'm going to be taking a look at incense and its use in the Bible. So we see incense here in Revelation. We see incense back in the inner workings of the temple, you know, right from Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy uh, throughout the time period of the kings. We see it in the Psalms. It's everywhere. So we are going to be taking a look not only at its very practical use, but its ritual function and symbolism in the scriptures. Take a look. Burning aromatic substances has always been a way for people to turn poor smelling air into a more pleasant atmosphere. Incense in particular was valued in the ancient world for its purification properties. It was seen to be a type of cleaner for the air, and there were several commonly used and prized spices for this. The Bible tells us that incense was burned at the funerals of Jerusalem's kings, signifying its importance in their culture. But likely the most well-remembered biblical use of incense was in the tabernacle and the Jerusalem temple. Incense was burned daily on the specially made altar of incense, and a liquid version was used to anoint and commission the temple furniture, articles, and priests. Interestingly, while the descriptions of the incense altar and the rituals are given, their significance is not explained, their religious reasons not given. The careful reader of the Bible, however, will notice at least two later references to the symbolic meaning of incense. The first in the book of Psalms says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. The second reference is like it and comes from the New Testament book of Revelation, where in chapter 5, the prayers of God's people are said to be the smoke of incense rising to God. And in chapter 8, the prayers of God's people are offered with the incense. This meaning is especially interesting when paired with the instructions for the Day of Atonement. Once a year, the high priest was to go into the Holy of Holies but not without the protection of the incense. The smoke created by burning the temple's incense acted as protection for the priest, and God was said to actually appear in this smoke above the mercy seat. Prayer as a protection and as a vessel of revealing God. This incense offered in the Holy of Holies was not offered on the altar. Instead, hot coals were carried in on an incense shovel, and then ground incense was placed on top to create the sweet-smelling smoke. Archaeologically, there have been many incense shovels discovered, and none can claim direct heritage from the temple, but many from contemporary shrines and later synagogues make it very likely that they looked very much the same. Thank you, Corey, for that piece. That was very, very exciting. And as you can see on this Christmas Eve, this table is now full. (laughs) We've got some people here with us and uh, let's begin by starting with the oldest. That's Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, my oldest, Ollie here. And this is Elias. And this is my wife, Jasmine. Hi guys, how are you? That's excellent. And then all of a sudden, we had Corey. <laughs> yes, okay, so this is my husband, Matlock, and our oldest son, Emerson, is right here, and this is our youngest son, Matthias. Beautiful kids, all of them are beautiful, four grandsons. And then, Matlock is, of course, our COO, and Ryan, of course, is uh, part of the air team, and so is Corey, and all of that, and you do the uh, work for the uh, scripts and all the things we do, so that's excellent. Graphics well. and segments. Yeah, yeah. Now. We weren't done because there was another 10 years between Ryan and all of a sudden 
this guy shows up. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's our youngest son, Brandon, and his wife. Who's your wife? Her Rebecca. Rebecca. And Rebecca works in the office. You've probably seen her uh, on the uh, prayer meeting, if you come to the prayer meeting, because she does an outstanding job. Very good, Rebecca, by the way. That's good. And you do a pretty good job at directing, producing, and all the program and all that stuff, editing it. I do okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he's very big. He can carry me across the room, but don't tell anybody because I'm still the dad. Anyway, uh, so Ryan. Yeah. Your sons, how old are they? Uh, Ollie is six years old and Elias is two. So wow. he's having fun with the laser pointer. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Here to chase him around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Very good. How long have you guys Hi, been married? Uh, it's been eight years. Yeah. Eight, eight years. years. Wow. That's amazing. All right. Very good. Corey, how old are your sons? Emerson's four and Matthias is two. Right, so Matthias? Emerson's four, Matthias is two. And yep. he's writing right now. So he is, good. yeah. He's writing all my notes for me. Okay. And... <laughs> Matlock, you're, of course, uh, how long have you guys been married, Corey? Uh, almost eight years. Oh, yep. my goodness. This is, I, I'm not that old. <laughs> anyway, that's excellent. Very good. And how long have you been married, Brandon? Four years. Oh, my goodness. Four, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to remember that. The best four years <laughs> of my life. Don't worry. I had to check with my wife, too, to make sure I got the number right. Yeah. Very good. So these, this is our family, and they're all working in the program. Now, you're going to school, Oliver. Perfect. You're going to first grade, Oliver. You're going to first grade, right? He's already in it. He's already in it, Grandpa. already in grade one. And you're going to school three days a week, right? Two days a week, yeah. Two days a week. Part-time JK. That's right. All right, very good. And Emerson has the same birthday as Grandpa. It's true. We have the same birthday, you and I. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. And are you looking forward to Christmas, guys? Yeah! Whose birthday do we celebrate on Christmas? Jesus! Jesus! Mm -hmm. That's right! That's right! And we have lots of family that are watching us that always love to see every one of you every year to see how much you've grown. And you've grown a lot since yeah. last year, for sure. Yeah. That's right. And these kids are part of, this is part of what God has done in our life mm -hmm. when we got married and all of that. and. The four grandsons are really amazing. And I don't know why we got sons, but that's cool. Four grandsons are excellent. And, uh, but praise God, they are totally immersed in the word of God on a daily basis. Cause I, Ryan, you read the Bible to your sons. Yeah, I, I, we do. And we read, we read and we pray and we, we worship the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to tell you something. <laughs> That's good. Good boy. And Corey, you got, you're involved with your sons. You read the Bible and you get them involved in the stories of the Bible as well. Yeah, we're trying our best. You know, we're not perfect, but we, we try to teach and we, we like learning about God, don't we? <laughs> yes. That is very, very good. That's excellent. And we want to uh, encourage okay. everybody watching and you guys guys too we want to encourage everybody watching to remember the family because when you see the program come on they're really seeing the representatives here of what's behind the scenes we've also got dj he's in the control room with chris and uh we've got nobody on the cameras here that's amazing so the cameras are standing by but the chris and dj 
D Dietmar Jazak, that's what we call him, DJ. Uh, but Chris, you see, uh, and uh, a DJ is good here. That's so. right. And we have Ivy, who the kids call Auntie Ivy, because usually while we're taping these segments, the kids are with Auntie Ivy. And she does great crafts and she has great yeah. snacks, doesn't she, guys? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also Rachel, who is Rebecca's twin sister. And when you call the office, uh, the Canadian office, you'll hear either one of them, Ivy or Rebecca or Rachel. And so uh, it really is a family yeah, Rachel's got two sons too, Judah, of course, and Ezra, and we teach them. Now, you guys are in the Wednesday night Bible Discovery Kids, aren't you? Yeah. Oliver, and that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Learning and about Emerson. Jesus. Hmm? Yeah, I'm in the, um, in the, Mommy. Sparky. Sparky. Got it. Sparky. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's right. That that's is excellent. excellent. Yeah, well, you know. Hmm? Yeah, in the group. You're in the group. And you have learned the Bible. And oh, you have he's got the vest, he yeah. He has a shirt and a vest, and you can win awards. That's pretty cool. That That's is really sure. good. I, well, I have kid bucks. I got kid bucks, too. I, 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 Cubbies. I'm in cubbies. You're a cubby, <laughs> and you get awards as well, don't you? And kid bucks. I got, That's pretty cool. I got five. Two five kid bucks and wow. one kid buck. Well, so you've got eleven bucks all together. And Elias <laughs> and Matthias are in puggles. Puggles. And Nanny Jan gets to teach the puggles. Wow. Class. A puggle is a baby platypus. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I think in our last few seconds we should see. I wish you a merry Christmas, kids. Ready? I wish, wish you a merry Christmas. I wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. I just want to remind you to get a hold of our Bible guide for next year, and it is something. We're going to continue going through new scriptures, and you have to be on the mailing list. You have to, because we send it out automatically. So make sure that you write us, call us, or go to the online version and uh, update it from there. Put your name in. Today, let's pray this way and say it like this. Lord, help me to hear and understand what you have said in your word in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.